What's going on, Niner fam? One more time, it's Cowboys and 49ers for in the playoffs. Uh, but as you can see, I've got with me one of the greats, Andrew Pasquini. It's going to be a great show. But hey, hit the music. Family, it is Pete Lucas. This is the Niner Fanatic Podcast. going on y'all once again it is peter lucas i got with me today andrew pasquini from sprint ride option podcast andrew appreciate you having you on today appreciate you spending some time with me uh why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and uh find you and your show on the socials yeah my name is andrew pasquini I've, i have a little podcast called the sprint ride option podcast with jason apont they may have heard of him he's he's the main reason people watch and i'm just kind of there for the fun of it uh, you can find me anywhere on social media. I believe all my social media handles are at Pasquini Andrew, P-A-S-Q-U-I-N-I, and then Andrew's the conventional. I don't spell like Andrew Jones or nothing like that, just A-N-D-R-E-W. Uh, and then anywhere you get your podcast, you can find the Sprint Ride Option podcast. I also do a little bit of writing at NinersNation.com, so go check that out as well. If uh, you're tired of my voice and you just want to read what I think, that's where you can go for, for that. Right on. And you're using my self-deprecating humor. Oh, and absolutely. I felt like I have it copyrighted, but I get like I guess I'm gonna have to uh, de- defer to you. But uh, but yeah, no, you are absolutely not the lesser half. Like I, I think you guys do a great job uh, balancing each other out because uh, Jason is like up here with the energy, <laughs> like, uh, and uh, yeah, no, it takes that level-headed sound, like that level-headed voice to keep to balance you guys out. And I think you guys do an awesome job. I love your. I love your guys' stuff, and I have read a couple of your things on Niner Nation. Uh, you guys do a great job over there, Niner Nation, with uh, with all of you, Jason and uh, uh, what's her uh, Steph and and Vish, and you guys got all the people over there right now. Uh, we so, we got a lot of good names over there. I'm pretty. Yeah. I, I like the team. It's a very good team. Yeah, for sure. But like I said in the intro, one more time, it is the 49ers and Cowboys in the playoffs and for all of us old people <laughs> this is this is probably the biggest this is probably the the bigger than any other game like uh, because it's the hated cowboys and i i'm excited for this game no matter how i think it's going to be a great game uh just because both teams are stacked with talent and uh i think it's all going to come down to the details but how do you feel about the uh, the upcoming matchup yeah, as a 30-year-old, I, I don't necessarily get to claim all those great Niner Cowboy playoff matchups. You know, I 
but but I still picture the ideal NFL matchup being the Niners against the Cowboys. I think it's the most historic rivalry in the NFL, the history of the NFL. Mm. They don't get to play as much because, you know, both teams never seem to be good at the same time. I think we've gotten very lucky the past two years that we've, we've gotten to see the 2020 version of this rivalry. I, I think this is a very interesting matchup because I think this is easily the second most talented team the Niners have faced this season, save the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I think that matchups create, or what's what's the saying? Styles create matchups. I think these yeah. two teams are very, very similar in a lot of, at least numbers stylistically. Obviously, there's some differences between the two, but numbers are they're roughly the same team. I am so excited for this game because it feels like it's been a while that we've had a Niner game where going into the week it feels like it was going to be a very good matchup. I feel like the Niners are taking advantage of a very I'm not going to say very easy schedule because we're Niner fans and we, we just ignore how easy the schedule's been. But it's yeah. been a very friendly schedule. I'll use that word, make it sound a little nicer. I'm so excited for this game, man. I I, I think it's going to be, uh, as, as good old JR once said, it, it's going to be a slobber knocker on Sunday. Oh, it's, easily. It's going to be old school, fun football. And I'm very curious to see what goes on between the two teams. Yeah, for sure. And of course... First thing first, we got to mention, make sure you hit the like. Make sure you hit the descri- the subscribe to both channels. Sprint right uh, Sprint Robertson, I believe you're on J- – it's on Jason's channel, correct? Yes. And then yeah, uh, it's in the – yeah, and then I've got it, – it's in the link for it is in the description. So make sure you hit that. Make sure you hit the bell for the notifications so you know when I go live. Uh, and also, I'm also on all – audio platform anywhere where you can get your audio podcast if you don't like looking at my face see there's my self-deprecating humor and like uh anywhere where you don't you just want to hear my voice it's right there for you anywhere where you get your audio podcast so make sure that you go and, and do that and tell your friends to tell a friend to tell a friend and then we can be friends every week i, I really appreciate it okay. and <laughs> The uh, but we're gonna mention everybody that's in the chat. Hey, like you guys, thank you guys for coming in early. Uh, we got Bebop and Brat Bang Bang Niner Gang, of course, like uh, starting it off early with the energy. And then uh, Damien, Damien, appreciate you coming through, fam. Like always comes through. Uh, we got Niner Sickness, appreciate you, brother. Not give big up to Niner Sickness because he was the one that created the intro. If you love the intro. Please, please uh, uh, give us some feedback on that. I appreciate it. And then we've got, oh, yeah, we've got just a bunch of people saying hi to each other. Oh, No Borders is in is in here. What's up, Ryan? Appreciate you coming through. Brian Culp was on, I was on, uh, I think it was Ryan's show, and he popped in for a caller, as a caller. Like, uh, thanks for coming in, Brian. And, yeah, well, let's get to it. The uh, So first question I got for you, is the the Cowboys? Uh, how worried are, are you about this matchup? We talked about it a little bit, but these both of these teams are pretty evenly matched. I would say talent wise, I think the 49ers might have a little bit more firepower on offense, uh, and I mean, in firepower overall. But I think that they're easily the most talented team that the play, uh, the raw talent that the Niners have faced. How worried are you about this one? I'm honestly not too, too worried, and I think that makes me worry. Kind of like the Seahawks game, right? I I wasn't too nervous about that game, but within itself it made me nervous. 
I'm a firm believer that if the Niners play their style of football, they're they're better than any team in the NFL. And obviously, Cowboy fans will come at me and say, hey, if the Cowboys play their style of game, they can beat anybody as well, which is, which is absolutely true. I just think it's more likely on any given Sunday that the Niners come out and play their best game than it is the Cowboys. Nothing against the Cowboys because they have, you mentioned it, almost as much star power on their team as the Niners do. I, I think mm-hmm. it's a little more sporadic. I think their big names lean more the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they, they got a very good defense, something that concerns me a little bit. But overall weakness, I, I, I'm really at a point where I think there are only two teams I think would make me worried about a matchup remaining in the playoffs, and that's the Eagles and the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys don't quite make it. I, I Nothing against the Cowboys, and I am a Niner fan, so maybe I do disrespect the Cowboys just a little more naturally because of that. I, I, I think nothing there's way more cons- – No, no, nothing wrong with that at all. But I, I think obviously there's more concern for them than the Seahawks, and nothing against the Seahawks as well. I'm just not necessarily worried because just what I've seen from both the Niners offense and defense over these last 10 games, if you want to put it within the Brock Purdy era, the last six games, I just have a hard time believing that this Cowboys team with how much they turn the ball over, specifically Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time seeing the Cowboys winning this game. Now, I think the Cowboys could win this in a close game. I think the Niners could win this in a close one as well. Uh, I think it's significantly more likely, though, that if, if we're talking in terms of a blowout, I think it's way more likely the Niners can blow out this Cowboy team than this Cowboy team can blow out this Niners team, if that makes sense. Yeah, oh, I completely agree. And I think the one thing that I have that it's that's really kind of – that not necessarily scared, just like you said. I'm not – it's just uh, I'm cautiously optimistic about it, and it's – because I think yeah, I agree with you that there is really nobody that can really stack up with the 49ers talent wise. However, I like uh, every now and then Shani will get in his own way and think too much about things and, uh, and try to be the smartest guy in the room. And I think that, uh, and love Shani to death. I guarantee you Purdy is not having this season that he's having these games that he's had without uh, Shani dialing it up for him. And uh, I think Shani has grown as a coach this season. He's done a lot of things this season that I think have shown his his maturity and his growth uh, as being a head coach. And but at the same time, there's always the last couple of games he started off pat like kind of pass heavy and kind of trying to. It feels like he wants to give the reins to Purdy so bad, <laughs> and he wants to and he wants to just say to just start airing it out, but. I think I get the feeling that he's kind of trying to do that just to set up the run, but I feel like the run is so, so good. The running game is so good that I don't think it's necessary sometimes. And uh, so that would be the one thing that I'm scared of. And then the other part is that the, their defensive line, like, uh, and against our offensive line, Micah Parsons is a beast. Um, they've also got another guy and, and I had his name in front of me and now I lost is it. Dorrance Armstrong. Yes. Got you. <laughs> like, uh, and he, he is, uh, I mean, he's done well for this, this season. Now, with that being said, they're not good against the run. Like, I mean, at least on paper. So it's, it, it'll be interesting to see how Shani plans that because neither was the Seahawks. The Seahawks weren't, weren't good against the run. And, uh, and Shani came out firing with the pass. 
so it'll be interesting to see the the different like chess moves. I I, I really think that the 49ers have this team like as yeah. far as coach wise, if you're comparing the two. Um, but but yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see like uh, how how the the chess moves move across the board. Yeah, and you you mentioned the the difference between the coaches. I think that's easily the biggest match mismatch on Sunday. It's, yeah. it's going to be Shanahan versus McCarthy. And Niner fans got to see a little bit of what that looked like last season when he calls a draw play with no timeouts and eight seconds left in the game, and they can't you know get to the line in time to spike it. Mike McCarthy, things like that. I expect him to be a little bit better. I don't think he's going to make that level of a mistake, but. When it, when it comes down to it, it's, it's it's Shanahan versus McCarthy, and I think ten out of ten times, I think ten out of ten people are taking Kyle Shanahan over uh, Mike McCarthy, and and yeah, it was definitely interesting to see how the Niners started off that Seahawks game. I think it's going to be a little different though in terms of starting with the run because Seattle isn't good defensively, period. Uh, and I think Shanahan was trying to take advantage of that. I don't think you can try and take early advantage of the Cowboys secondary because they are very good pass defense. I, I like I, I don't want to make this comparison, but this might be Brock Purdy's Jimmy Garoppolo game against uh, the Packers mm. in the divisional round of 20. I'm not saying he's throwing the ball eight times, but this could be a very run-heavy game from Shanahan. And I think having Purdy helps that quite a bit because of his mobility and what he can do behind the line of scrimmage. So I'm very interested to see how Shanahan – I because I sure as hell wasn't expecting Shanahan to open up. What did he do? Two out of the three first throws were deep shots? I don't think he's doing that yeah. again. I don't, but I, but then yeah. again, I, don't, I didn't think he was going to do that on Saturday against the Seahawks either. So maybe yeah. he does. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about is that I just – it was, it was a little – it was almost like because he did something similar in the Arizona game, the game before that, and it was, it just screams to me that he wants to he wants to start airing it out with Purdy, but Purdy's still kind of showing those. Uh, and I and I watched the uh, QB school. I don't know if you ever watched QB school. Yes, but he did a great breakdown and showed the maturation of uh of Brock Purdy throughout that game and like show he was I mean he was geeking out on Purdy's learning curve like as the game was going on and I thought that that was a cool thing to watch but so if you guys get a chance make sure you take check out the QB school uh with JTO Sullivan 49er legend <laughs> and 49er uh, legend gotta exactly. mention that every time every time the uh so what's the biggest matchup issue for both teams and what is the Cowboys biggest strength and strength or weakness? Yeah, I think the biggest match mismatch, at least on the field for these two teams, the Niners run game against the Cowboys run defense. I I think that's easily the biggest on the field mismatch. My big concern though, for the Niners, and it's probably going to be this way until the season ends or they win a Super Bowl is the Niners secondary against any good pass offense, right? And that's what Dallas has. Dallas has those weapons. I know Dak, we talked about the mistakes, but Dak is still a very good quarterback. You know, he has some pretty good weapons, C.D. Lamb, T.Y. Hilton, guys like that. I know Hilton's an older name, but, hey, he's still out there doing his thing. Uh, In in terms of strengths and weaknesses, I I think their two biggest strengths outside of, of obviously, their, their offensive firepower is pretty simple, not allowing points. They're their fifth uh, fewest points per game. They force a lot of turnovers. They have the most turnovers in the NFL. The Niners are second only to them for most turnovers in the league this year. Yeah. 
And then maybe not necessarily something that's huge, but it's something that can scare me is is the star power. I mean, you look at the names just grazing through the roster. You know, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, CeeDee Lamb, Mika Parsons, some older names like Demar- Demarcus Lawrence, Van Der Esch, uh, Diggs, T.Y. Hilton, Anthony Barr. Like, the, I know the last two aren't what they used to be, but they're names that, hey, they've been good in the past. Maybe they can tap into it in the postseason, see what happens. You never know. In, in terms of weakness – Exactly. Veteran experience. Yeah. It's huge. That's huge in the postseason. In terms of weaknesses, Dak's interceptions are going to be a big one. 15 interceptions in only 12 games. He ties Josh Allen, who played 16 games. Um, the run defense, we mentioned it. We'll, I'm sure we'll dive into it. And then I just wrote Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about the run game. I, I really do think, like, I know his numbers look, look good, but, man, has he – has he regressed very, very hard? And to, to a point where, like, Tony Pollard's a very good running back. It's just, if you said three years ago that the Dallas Cowboys would have a better running back on the roster than Ezekiel Elliott, I would have been very surprised. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yet, here we are. And yeah. Ezekiel Elliott's kind of a forgotten, not, not forgotten, because obviously he's still putting up numbers. It's just... It's not what it used to be, and I am more afraid, and I know we're going to talk about the running backs. So I don't want to tip my hand a little too much, but, like, he's definitely not the most feared running back on this team anymore. And, and, and yeah. then we'll talk, we'll talk about that. I don't want to spoil too much later. we got to keep yeah. the people going, right? <laughs> oh, um, for sure. Like, uh, teasers. But, uh, yeah, teasers. I, just, I just have Ezekiel Elliott written down as one of the biggest weaknesses of the Cowboys. Yeah, for sure. I've got uh, what's the biggest matchup issue uh, for – the biggest matchup issue for the – the Cowboys in this game against the 49ers, I think, I think is it's the defense against against. I think it's actually D'Amico Ryan's versus mm-hmm. Dak Prescott, Prescott because I think remember, all remember last season in this uh, in this game in the except it was it was it the it was it the division round I think it was the wild card round but the uh, the last year's game they had uh, D'Amico confused him. Like he yep. had wide guy, he had wide open guys out on the field. He just he was so worried about the the pass rush, and just they had him guessing on where to go with the ball that it's just it it he looked confused throughout that game, and I'm so I'm looking for the same kind of thing. Even though this defense is completely different from last year, even though it's got a lot of the same players, the way that they're playing and the way that they they get it get the job done is completely different. They're more turnover uh dependent almost dependent on turnovers from uh, time to time and uh it's it's really kind of weird how that flips and honestly i don't care how it works but i almost feel like it's a it's better this way this year's with the turnovers because it's turnovers are so deflating for a team and can just hit like body blows uh so I, i feel like that matchup is a huge one and then for the 49ers the biggest matchup for me is like we said that Defensive line against uh, and that defense overall against our running game. Like uh, mm-hmm. I just think that that I feel really strongly that Shani needs to establish that running game and build everything off of that because, like you said, uh, they're big on turnovers. Like uh, they can, they I think they were they were only a few less than us, and uh, and it's it, it's just really important that Shani, uh, like now the the thing about the thing about the running game. And uh, and we're, like I said, we're going to get to the running game a little bit. But the the reason why it's such a huge matchup issue for me is because it seems to me 
Like the league hates running teams. <laughs> when you try to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, it's almost inevitable that you're going to get a holding call. <laughs> like uh, they don't like teams to run. They want to see fireworks. They want to see those passing plays. And uh, I, it's, it's almost, you can almost set your watch to it. The 49ers have been a predominantly run team, run team for the last how many years, at least since Shani's been here. And it just seems like always we get setbacks, setbacks, holding calls, uh, even when it doesn't seem like there's a hole there. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's that's the biggest matchup issue for me. And well, like I said, we're going to get into the running game. But the Cowboys' biggest strength it, to me is that defensive line and that pass rush. Mm-hmm. And Purdy is going to be, uh, it's going to be paramount that Purdy gets the ball out quick. Uh, that's why I think the run game is so important to take some of the pressure off of him. Also, their the but their biggest weakness is also one of their biggest strengths in in Dak. I think actually I think their biggest weakness is that they're they're more of a finesse like on offense. Even though they've got Ezekiel and they're they're they got the two good running backs, I feel like they're almost a finesse offense. And I think there's a huge difference uh, between the wide receivers that the 49ers have faced the last few weeks and. CD lamb and Michael Gallup. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's yeah. two completely different things. And I don't think that you got DK and uh Devonte Adams that are bigger receivers that are really good route run, like really good. And it seemed like DK was yeah. run, concentrating on running his routes in this last game, which was, which was huge. Like, uh, but, but I think that, that that is going to be uh, with Mooney Ward. won't have such a hard time with CD lamb just because, it's not as physical of a matchup. And uh, so I, I think that I feel like that's a weakness yeah. actually for the Cowboys. Yeah. And, and you mentioned too about how D'Amico Ryan's confused, you know, Dak Prescott last season. That was with Ambry Thomas. And the Niners yeah. aren't running Ambry Thomas out there on Sunday, respectfully nope. to him. It's just, I think I would rather have Mooney Ward and the Amador Lenore. Obviously, I think I prefer to have Emmanuel Mosley. But, you know, where, where the Niners secondary is, I think they're fine. I mean, the only reason Seattle was able to move the ball in this secondary is because Charvarius Ward had his worst game of the season. I don't think that's going to happen again. I, I really don't. It took three tries for DK Metcalf to have what we would consider a good game against the 49ers. Mm-hmm. I, I think you, you make a fantastic point, too, with Lamb being a different type receiver than uh, Metcalf. And obviously he's not exactly like Tyler Lockett, he leans – if if DK Metcalf's on one side, Tyler Lockett's on the other, I think C.D. Lamb leans closer to what Lockett is, obviously not the same style receiver. And Lockett didn't do much against the Niners. Niners usually do pretty good against receivers' possession types. I know Lamb has a little more speed, a little more upside than, than Lockett, so I'm not saying that's what he is. I'm very interested to see how the Niners do against C.D. Lamb because, once again, we'll talk about receivers, but I think he's the second-best receiver the Niners have faced this season. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's it's just uh, it's just a bad matchup for Ceedee Lamb, like uh, in my mm-hmm. point, opinion, because you know that Demico uh, is going to want to play press, and uh, and it's going to be I think it's going to be a little bit harder for him to get off the line with a physical mm-hmm. corner like Mooney. But it's uh, but yeah, I, I did want to bring up this. Niner Sigma says, do you think Dak Prescott will give the ball to the referee and not to do a center if they're in the same situation as last year? Yeah. I think I'm hoping that he would, I mean, I'm not hoping, but it's it like, uh, hopefully he would learn 
from uh, that. That was just a crazy situation last year. Well, hopefully, we don't have to see that down the down the wire situation on Sunday. True that. True oh, that. It is the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is the playoffs. But the so let's start with the Q- QB comparison. So we talked about Dak a little bit. Has Dak improved since the last time we faced him? And uh, and can his O line really kind of protect him? Because I know they have some injuries on along that O line, but he still has a center. Uh, the it, it seemed like they were getting banged up in this last game. Do you think they're they're going to be ready with it's? I guess it's kind of a short week. Ah oh, man, that I that's such a good question. I haven't even thought about comparing Dak improving until until you asked this question, right? I I have a hard time saying that somebody improved when their turnover rate jumped as significantly as Dak Prescott's did. I, I just I have a hard time buying in, and, and, and this this isn't my fault. I'm not questioning Dak Prescott at all. I just have a hard time buying into a quarterback who threw 15 interceptions in 12 games, and, and that's my that's concern true. because, yeah, he played less games. His touchdown percentage was a little lower, but his 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 interception percentage doubled from last season, and. and that's a big concern for me against this Niners defense because, yeah, the secondary, it, it's not at its best from what we've seen it earlier this season, but the one thing that hasn't changed is its ability to force turnovers. So th- to me, this is like a bait, like dare I say a baby Bills matchup if, if we're thinking that far forward, if the Bills even make it there. But it's it's a high-power offense that, that threatens the Niners secondary, but it, so many interceptions that mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see which one breaks first. Is it the Niners secondary breaking against C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup, or is it back breaking and throwing two, three interceptions? Because he's had five games with two interceptions this season, only three with zero, and that includes last night. So he has more two interceptions. That's not even counting the one interception games. He has more two interception games than he does zero interception games. And I don't think that's great, particularly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, like, one, like, to me, one <laughs> interception's cool. Like, that's fine. Like, it happens. You know, we saw, we've seen dumb interceptions. I mean, like, uh, the uh, maybe not the Geno Smith interception against the but we see interceptions happen. They happen. Yeah. When you get to two, three, that's where it's a concern, and Dak has done that. In terms of the offensive line against the Niners' defensive line, your guess is as good as mine because I know how good the Niners' defensive line is. I know yeah. the Cowboys' offensive line has had injuries, but they don't give up a ton of sacks. They they, they don't. They've actually had the fifth lowest sack percentage allowed in the league. Mm-hmm. The Niners have the fifteenth best sack percentage in the league, and, and that doesn't sound right. But Niners get a ton of sacks, right? Yeah. They're, they're not the best at getting sacks. I think what they're really good at is getting pressures, and, and it's exactly. a little different. I, I personally value pressures. A little more than sacks in, in today's era because I think press, sacks are cool. You lose yardage, maybe you get a fumble. Pressures are what create turnovers, and that's what the Niners' defense has built their identity on. Is I mean, you remember the year the Niners had two interceptions, and all they did was address the <laughs> defensive line, and yeah. then the interceptions went up. That That's kind of the idea I'm thinking of. I, so I think if the Niners, they don't have to get to Dak Prescott. As long as they force him to make mistakes, this could be a long day for him. Yeah. I think that Dak is Dak is that guy that they want to push and they want to make him great. Uh, you you see it on ESPN. Not, not that I really look at watch ESPN much anymore, but the uh, when I do, it seems like they're always they pick a couple of quarterbacks. And, I, and it could just be because he's 
ease the cowboy quarterback because you know how much they love America's team. But the but I feel like he's one of those guys that they want to be great. And uh and he just and he feels the pressure. I feel like he puts pressure on himself to be great and push the ball. They want to call him a gunslinger. I don't think it's a gunslinger mentality. I think that he just feels pressure to make a play when he, but I think he's a dink and dunker at heart. And, uh, but when he pressures him, puts the pressure on there to, on himself to, to get to make those big plays. That's when he gets into trouble. Mm -hmm. And last night's game was probably the best thing, best situation that could have happened to him because there was no pressure at all. Like uh, the, the Tampa Bay's offense was non-existent. They couldn't run the ball. Brady wasn't having a good day for many reasons, not just because he's 45 and it was, and it's just, it just came down to it's easy when you're doing a, what you're basically doing a walkthrough all game. Mm -hmm. If uh, Tampa Bay had, had uh, taken advantage of some of those uh, of some of those times when Dallas didn't get points, it went, it might've been a different, it might've been a different game and mm -hmm. you might've seen some turnovers because I feel like that's when you put pressure and what is the 49ers biggest strength right now is their unrelenting uh, offense and just score, score, whether it's, whether it's a touchdown or a field goal, they're going to score. Yeah. They're going to get down the field. They're going to get some kind of points, but there, you saw it in the last game against the Seahawks. Every quarter they scored. There was never there was never a lull of of uh, offense. Yeah, they might not get every single drive, but odds are odds are they're gonna get points, and you're mm -hmm. you're going to have to keep up. So there's gonna be that pressure right away for him to keep up. And I think that. Uh, but to answer my own question of do I think he's better? I don't think he's better. I still see the same Dak that that's been there since since I've seen him come in the league, he, they just try to put more responsibility on him. And I don't feel he's that type of quarterback, but, and that's in my opinion. But yeah, and even too, you mentioned the Tampa Bay game as well. And, and their inability to force turnovers, they only had 10 interceptions on the season. That's 24th in the league. Yeah, now he's facing a Niners defense that has twice as many interceptions. They're tied for number one in the league. And you mentioned the Niners offense. The, the Buccaneers offense did that all season, where it was very slow starts, and then Brady would do Brady. Thing. I even thought Brady was going to do it last night when he got that first touchdown. Yeah. Uh, he just didn't do it. The Niners offense isn't the Buccaneers offense, and the Niners defense definitely isn't the Buccaneers defense. I think this is going to be significantly harder on Dak Prescott both ways. Yeah, for sure. And his O-line protecting him – like you said, I think that it was a great point that that you made about pressures, and the 49ers are going to get pressure. Like that's mm -hmm. that's the thing, and so you're going to have pressure to make a play. Plus, there's going to be pressure in right up the middle in your face because I think that with Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw, even though they're not getting sacks, that is the one thing that they are really pushing the pocket inward, and it it just makes guys uncomfortable, and it's so. It's just going to be really – it's going to be an interesting – that's going to be a really interesting matchup all game because people are expecting, you know, with the 49ers defensive line, they expect sacks and they expect big plays on the defensive line. But 
I think that it's actually it's it's actually better and it's causing a lot of those turnovers, just like you were talking about. It's causing a lot of those turnover worthy plays because uh, guys just feel the hands next to them. They do they do this awesome thing where uh, that not every team I see not every team does where they're always reaching out <laughs> towards yes. towards that. They've always got hands like next to the quarterback and uh, which caused that fumble with uh with in, on the seat for the Seahawks last week and uh, or this well, last weekend and it's I think that's like a great technique because I don't see it yeah. on every team they, them do it but I think that that does put a little bit of extra pressure on those quarterbacks so it's a it's a it's a great it's a it's a great aspect of their uh, their defensive line but is the best is this the best defensive line that Purdy is going to is going to face has faced in this so far this season because I look at well, there's a couple of teams that I can think of, but do you think this is the best defensive line he's faced? Well, if you go by the numbers, yes, only the Eagles had a higher sack percentage this season than the Cowboys, and only the Eagles and Jets had a higher pressure percentage than the Cowboys, and I think that's where a lot of this Cowboy the turnovers come from. The Cowboys, mm-hmm. as I said, number one in the NFL in turnovers. They definitely get at the quarterback, and just I think if there's any team that competes with the Niners in terms of how good their pass rush is, it's the Eagles and it's the Cowboys, and the Niners might have to face them in back-to-back weeks. So, yeah, I definitely think this is the best defensive line Brock Purdy has faced, but I'm very excited to see how Brock Purdy looks because something I've been saying since Purdy has taken over and we've seen him a little bit more is I think if you take the literal average of Jimmy Garoppolo's skills – and you take, and on the other side of that, you take what we think Trey Lance can be. Yeah, I think Brock Purdy is like perfectly in the middle. Is Brock Purdy going to be a guy who's going to scramble and get you 50, 60 rushing yards? Absolutely not. But if you average what Trey Lance is with Jimmy Garoppolo, who just doesn't move in the pocket, yeah, it, the literal average is Purdy. He's not going to run, but he's able to move the pocket. My man is addicted to rolling out to his left when he feels that pressure from behind. His ability to move the pocket, we saw it a little bit against Seattle. So I'm very curious to see what not only this offensive line looks against this Dallas pass rush, I'm very curious to see how aware and how maybe trigger-happy Brock Purdy is against this Cowboys pass rush because we've seen him move around the pocket. He's not afraid to do that. Now, is that going to help him against the Cowboys or is it going to hurt him? Because maybe maybe he spins away. Uh, from Armstrong, but he spins right into Mika Parsons, things like that. So I'm very interested to see how Purdy handles this. And I think that's the fun thing about him being Mr. Irrelevant, because as good as he's been in these past seven weeks, we still don't know what he looks like, yeah. really. So so it's very exciting to see what he's going to look like. I wish we could see what he looks like against this Cowboys defense in, say, week 12, and mm. not the divisional round. But I'm very excited, nonetheless, to see what he actually looks like. For sure. I, I think Purdy is... I, I love the I love the unknown of Purdy yes. because not as much as we talk about traits and upside, sometimes there's the upside is something that can be quantified. And it's it's uh and I think that that's what we're seeing with Purdy. And it's just he play, he knows how to play ball. <laughs> and he Absolutely. he has things built into his brain that uh, he, he just reacts. And that's the, it's really instinctual. You can just see it. He just does things and it's, uh, it, he's not thinking about it. He's just, it just happens. And, uh, and yeah, is it going to necessarily always look great? Probably not. But 
I it's funny because I look at I look at him and I compare him to uh Russell Wilson when Russell Wilson first came into the league. Mm-hmm. And because it's very to me, it's very similar, except he doesn't have the cannon that Russ and Russ had, yeah. but like, uh, but Russ did the kind of the same thing. He would just roll out and run around and try and find an open guy and end up th- making a clutch play. And, uh, but, but yeah, I can totally see where he would be yeah. Trey Lance and Jimmy's love child. Like uh, it's, uh, yeah. it, it's there. It, yeah. It's just kind of a mixture of the both, but gotta give, and I and I try every show to give him his his kudos, but Brian Greasy, yeah, everybody questioned this man that hire, and uh, I mean I think you see the re- I think you saw it with Jimmy because uh, it couldn't have it, it's the only thing that really changed. Like I mean Jimmy barely got any any camp reps and all right he didn't get any camp reps oh. and uh, and then uh, and then Brock Purdy of all people and it's just he has those guys prepared and that's the big that's the biggest thing is he had they know the system brock purdy for him this to be him to be a rookie and this to be his first season in the system which is notoriously hard for guys to pick up the nuances of and just to go out and it's almost instinctual like uh it's it's a joy to watch it's just fun to watch uh so if if yeah not, not to dive into like football guy terminology, but Brock Purdy definitely has that the guy look, right? He looks yes. like he can be that guy. Like a few weeks ago, he was a dude, but now he's a guy. And, and I like that's where the conversation, and this isn't a conversation I want to have right now, obviously, but there's a reason that there, there's such a fracture in 49ers Twitter of who's QB1 in 23. Nothing against Lance or anything like that because he hasn't had the opportunity. But I have a hard time imagining he looks as good as what Purdy has. Obviously, we don't know. I'm not trying to make any wide assumptions on that. But man, it's really hard to imagine seeing Trey Lance do what Purdy has done these past few weeks. Again, I'm not going to make a decision on 2023 yet. I'm very much in 2022. I'm I'm in the moment too. 2023 now, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but but you, you see the the qualities and the traits Purdy has that all of a sudden this is a conversation, but not worried about it right now. Yeah, I think everybody else wants to talk about it. I, yes. I'm try I'm trying not to because it's uh because I don't I think it's irrelevant, right? It's at very this very irrelevant. moment. It's very uh, I, like uh and like uh yeah, I just feel like it's we're we gotta be focused, like even as fans. We have to be focused and not let the everybody else's fans try and take us take our eyes off of this prize and try to make some kind of nonsense that isn't there. Like because the reality is is the 49ers have a great situation. Absolutely. Like uh they have two guys on, on rookie, rookie deals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very enviable situation. Oh. Like if you told me that we were having a conversation between Trey Lance and Brock Purdy at the start of the season, I would have been like, oh, my God, the season went <laughs> south really fast. If we're talking Brock Purdy in general. Uh, but, yeah, the designers have found themselves in a very enviable situation. For sure. Random question. Random question. Do you think that the 49ers uh, draft another uh, quarterback at the at the end of the draft? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just start throwing them out there and see what you can take. Yeah, I mean, we're at a point where do the Niners even need first round picks? Like they have what seventeen thirds and 
18 fifths coming up in this next yeah. draft. And you know they're going to draft like at least three all pros with all of them, right? Yeah. yeah. What the Niners do, mid mid round talent. That's all they do. Well, you saw Carthon got got poached yes, today I by, so uh, Niners got by the Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the fact that Adam uh, Adam P- Peterson, like uh, the uh, Peters, that, yeah. yeah, like Adam Peters, like uh, he got that he decided to stay, like because I was mm-hmm. I was really worried about that because I really think that he's a big part of those late round picks, and uh, it just always seems he always seems to have his fingerprints on those yeah. on those and. Uh, but the 49ers just have a – I think they just have a ridiculous coaching staff right now. They have a ridiculous uh, front office. Uh, all the people that were questioning Lynch and questioning Shanny are now kind of – I mean, I mean, what are we talking about? There's nothing like, to question anymore. Really. So let's move on to the running backs. We were talking about them a little bit earlier. Which, which of these two Dallas running backs – should the 49ers be more concerned about Tony Pollard? And it's not even remotely close. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 150 fewer yards compared to last season on six less carries. Mm-hmm. Uh, 140 fewer yards than Tony Pollard on 40 more carries. Uh, and here, here's one that I saw earlier and I confirmed it. Can you tell me? Ezekiel Elliott's stat line combined from the last three games. If you know it, you know it. But Some, do you know what his last three somebody games Somebody just posted it, actually, in the chat. His last uh, three games have been 40 attempts for 74 yards. Oh. 1.85 yard <laughs> per carry. That's not good. Like, no. that, that's not – that's uh, I. That's not even not good. That's horrendous. That's not even TDP stats. Yeah, saying that's not good is being too nice. Now, if you look at Tony Pollard, on the other hand, there's only three times this season where Pollard had more rushing attempts in a game than Ezekiel Elliott. He didn't have – the first game where Elliott didn't have more carries was week 11 when they both had the same amount. The first time where Pollard had more attempts was week 12. Eight times this season, Tony Pollard finished with more more rushing attempts. So three times he finished with more attempts – but eight times he finished with more yards. Tony Pollard, mm. and, and I really think, like, I, I hate that it comes down to this for Cowboy fans, but Jerry Jones loves Ezekiel Elliott. He loves his star power. That's why he's getting these carries. Yeah. But, my God, could you imagine if Kyle Shanahan was the They're head coach of, of, of the Cowboys? Ezekiel oh. Elliott would have been gone. Like, not gone, yeah. but he would have been in the doghouse, and Tony Pollard would be getting majority of these carries. So, yeah, I, I think Tony Pollard is, is easily the, the running back the Niners should be more concerned about entering Sunday. Yeah, the... Uh, I You say that, that, uh, that Shani, that, uh, that Ezekiel would be in the doghouse, but who knows? Because Shani loves him a mid-quarterback, uh, mid-running back. I, I will tell you that. Well, like, he, uh, the thing is, is he takes those mid-running veteran. backs and he turns them into... I mean... Jeff Wilson five years ago was a special teams player, and the Niners traded him for what a third, a fourth. I think like, so, guy, like, like Shanahan yeah. makes running backs. That's all he does. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, I, I'm still angry at Shanny for not giving Jordan Mason more carries. Like uh, I, I like, but I digress. <laughs> like little, it's little, just a little easier to do when you get Christian McCaffrey though. Yeah, it's yeah. when the trade happened. I was like, oh well, I guess Jordan Mason's not on the on the. Uh, not on the docket. Like, well, hey, he, he made the cut over Jeff Wilson, so there's there's that. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were gonna have to pay Jeff Wilson. They're they're gonna have uh, they're 
Jordan Mason, I feel like, is they'll probably bring him back on the cheap next year. And, uh, like, I mean, hopefully he can learn how to pass block more so they can take away that excuse. And, (laughs) but, but it is what it is. But I agree with you. Like, I think that, uh, Tony Pollard is just explosive. He's been explosive for years now. Like, I mean, it's been a couple of years. He's, uh, and I've always felt like he was the better of the two backs, like from a, uh, he, I mean, he's a better receiver now, granted the one area where Ezekiel, uh, trumps him at is pass blocking. And, uh, and that's, I feel like that is more than anything has what is, what has kept Tony Pollard off the field. And, uh, it's, so I think that's going to still be a, uh, an issue in this game because of the way that D'Amico likes to do his run his stunts and like the blitz, the random blitzes. And I think, I think that Ezekiel's going to get his time out there because out of necessity, they've got to keep Dak clean. So it's, I, I think that, but Tony Pollard is definitely going to be a part of the game plan. I don't think there's any running back. We still haven't given up a 70 yard rusher yet. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the offense, insane. you can think that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crazy stat. Like, uh, I don't know if it's ever, I don't even, I haven't even delved in if it's ever happened before, but. Well, I, I remember back with the Harbaugh defenses, we used to talk about week 15, week 16, not allowing a hundred yard rusher. And, yeah. and that was like a big deal. So that, like that, that, that's crazy. That 70 is the line now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's just nuts. But yeah, I think Tony Pollard is definitely the more explosive of the two. If he gets out in the open field, it could be a problem. Yes. And uh, and I think that's where involving him in the pass game comes into play, um, but but let's see how they how they scheme it up because I I will say that they don't I don't think they use Tony Pollard like they should in no. uh, in my opinion. But and it definitely feels like a Jerry Jones has his hand in the pot type thing. Oh, a little bit, just a little yeah. bit. But do you do the Forty ers use the same game plan they did against Seattle, or do we or do we see more carries? in this one for the, and I think you mentioned it earlier, but you want to delve into that a little bit, like, and see, do you think that they're going to get, uh, we're going to see more, more of the running game more so than the, than the passing. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think we will. As I said, I don't think it's going to be to the level, but I could definitely see this being Purdy's divisional round against the Packer that Packers where Garoppolo had like pass <laughs> attempts. I don't think he's going to be that low because I, I do think what, what they might do as well is, is really do an extension of the run game, get a lot of, mm jet sweeps a lot of screens kind of kind of the basics of what the Niners offense has been the past few years because I, I mean that's where they really excel if they can get the blocking set up for Debo Samuel for Christian McCaffrey whether it's in the run game or in the screen game or type things like that I think they could really gash this this Cowboys defense the run game is going to be interesting because you have three running backs I'm going to throw Jordan Mason in there out of respect for EP but, you know, Elijah Mitchell, you have Jordan Mason, you have Christian McCaffrey. The Niners have options. They have Debo Samuel as well, right? So the Niners yeah. have plenty of exotic run looks. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some weird things as well out of the run game to just try and get as many advantages. Kind of what Seattle was doing, right? Because it felt like Seattle was gashing the Niners all game in the run, but they really weren't. It's just they were getting five yards in the tent because of the unique out wildcat. I think they had a play where Geno Smith lined up under the guard and the ball went straight. I can see the Niners pulling weird things like out out like that because if the Niners, if the Seahawks can do it decently against the Niners, imagine what the Niners can do against 
uh, Cowboys defense that doesn't stop the run. So exactly. I, I'm very interested to see the unique run looks we get. Maybe, dare I say, maybe we get Trent Williams running across the line, going in motion type deal again, like we saw oh. last year against Dallas, things like that. I could see him getting very creative to gash this defense because I think, as I said, I think the reason Shanahan went pass heavy is Seattle, like they kind of stink at both pass and run defense it was kind of a pick your poison i think yeah. this one is very straightforward it's very straightforward see dallas is pretty good against the pass they're very bad against the run i think shanahan's going to take a big big advantage of that yeah i i agree i i'm i at least i'm hopeful of yeah. that of that you're right i i think that shanny may have to uh may have to because this is the this is the thing we're we're assuming that Assuming that the Giants uh, get beat by the Eagles and uh, assuming yes. that we get past the the Cowboys, mm -hmm. uh, the Eagles aren't really good against aren't really good against the run either. <laughs> and uh, they're they're a little bit better than the Cowboys, but they're but they're not much better. And mm -hmm. it's uh, so it's. I think that what could come into play is that I think is once again, I just. I'm trying to delve into the mind of Shanahan. That's always a dangerous place to go. Yes. And he's, uh, but I feel like there's always the chance that Shanny could try and save some stuff for the next game when this should be a one, like you just empty the cupboard. Uh, you just empty the clip and like, uh, and pull out your plays and let's, let's just do what we need to do to get through this game and worry about that in the next game. That would be my mentality. But yeah. Shanny just has this thing about, being very vanilla sometimes and not wanting to show all of his cards. It just worries me that he won't just take the obvious, take the obvious win and just go ahead and, and overpower them. Because like I said before, I still think that they're more of a finesse team. I want to see them run right at Mike, Mike Parsons and wear him down to take away some of the, uh, the pass rushing and tire him out. Cause they did that last year. They did that last year. And I thought it made a big difference. Uh, Micah Parsons was non-existent for much of that game, mm -hmm. and uh, it and I th I just think it's really important that they do that. And hopefully, Purdy doesn't even come into play with Shanny's thinking as far as that goes. But as far as the wide receivers, let's talk about some skill positions. Yeah. The so we talked about CD Lamb a little bit earlier. Is he as good as DK Metcalf or Devonte Adams? I think he's better than DK. I don't think he's better. I don't think anybody's better than Devontae Adams. I know there's a lot of very talented receivers in the NFL. I just think Devontae Adams is the complete package. He's 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 the gold standard in the NFL for receivers. So yeah. I don't think CD Lamb is quite there. But I think CD Lamb is the second best receiver the Niners have faced. I, I kind of grazed through their, their their schedule this year. I couldn't remember any big like DeAndre Hopkins, not quite what he used to be. I think CD Lamb's a little better at this point. Yeah. Um you know, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup wasn't that effective against the Niners, especially the second time around with no Stafford. Uh, so, so I, I think CeeDee Lamb's second best receiver. Now, what does that look like? I am going to assume Moody Ward is going to follow him like he's done against Metcalf and like we've seen previously. But I don't know what that means. So I'm very excited to see what, what Moody Ward's going to look like against CeeDee Lamb because I don't think he's necessarily faced anybody with the skill set, that's, he's a little quicker, but I, I, I think you're onto something with Metcalf's physicality against mm -hmm. against uh, Mooney Ward. I think Ward will be better off the jump uh, in press coverage against CeeDee Lamb than he was against Metcalf. So, so we'll see what it looks like. But yeah, 
CD Lamb easily the second best receiver I think the Niners have faced this season. Yeah, it's I think that CD Lamb, I agree with you. I think that CD Lamb is a better overall receiver than DK. Uh, and obviously Devontae, I think, is is the creme de la creme. But it is what like I said, like I brought up earlier. Yeah, I I think that it is it's a physicality issue because the 49ers like to be physical, they want to put their hands on you. They want to keep hitting you. They want to keep you in front of them, and they want to just keep hitting you, keep putting hands on you until you start getting gator arms and until you start worrying about about guys being around. And it's I think that that may come into play in this game because I think that CeeDee Lamb, they're going to move him all over the place, and I don't think that they're going to be able to they're going to try and keep him away from Mooney Ward as much as possible. But I would say Lenore last game, he ended up on DK a couple of times mm-hmm. and uh and he did a serviceable he did a good job. Like I mean, I think that Lenore is still a work in progress. I think that for him to be getting as targeted as much as he does, I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> I just don't think it's that bad. And uh I I'm I'm pretty confident that these guys are going to keep the big plays to a minimum. And I don't think that we're going to. Yeah. And I I just don't think, I think the, like seeing Hafunga, uh, not, not let, uh, you know, you don't see him flying around everywhere anymore, but we didn't even hear his name in pretty pretty much in the last game. Like, uh, and, but it wasn't necessarily a bad thing. (laughs) <laughs> because there was no big plays like because he was being too aggressive. Uh, I still want his aggression. I still miss his aggression from time to time, but like uh, the, but I still, I think in the playoffs, it's really important for him just to not let busted coverages go. Uh, so. Yeah. And, and I think too, I like obviously a big conversation, the off season was Tartan versus Hufanga. And obviously I think Hufanga has, the better ball skills, but that was something that Tart was was really good at. Was he never really allowed the big play? And mm-hmm. if the Niners could figure out a way to get Hufanga to be able to prevent the big plays while keeping the interceptions up, that that's obviously best case scenario. But I, I think what you're seeing, maybe why the interception. I mean, obviously he's given up quite a few touchdowns the past few weeks, but maybe the interception numbers have dropped because they're trying to make sure he stays in the right position, things like that. So so we'll see what he looks like. I am actually low-key predicting an interception for him. I think he's going to have a play where he's going to have a chance to get a little aggressive, and Prescott's going to be a little loosey-goosey with the ball as he's been this season. I think this could be the game that Hufanga snaps that interception streak. I'm a firm believer that it's going to be another Gibson interception. (laughs) I just think that he is... Let's just get one for every secondary member. Yeah, exactly. I just want at least two, and I'm calling for a forced fumble for uh, for somebody. I think the Hafunga might get the forced fumble. Okay, I like that. Like, I like uh, that idea. But is Debo is Debo going to be the focal point in this game, or does it all or does it all depend on Brock's or Brock's reads, like uh, you know Ayuk versus Diggs and all that. I I I have given I've officially given up on trying to predict who the focal point yeah. is in the offense at this point. There uh, is no such thing. No, it was a trick exactly, question. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there, there really is no. I, I think in an ideal world, I, I I think, man, I think McCaffrey is really slid into that 
offensive weapon one spot if, if we're if we're using that because of how he's been used versus Debo Samuel. I, I think he offers a little more versatility. I think mate, oh man, I, this this doesn't take him. Like, I think he might be a better receiver than Debo Samuel as well. But I don't know. Oh, I think he is. I think he is. I don't that's know if I'll commit to that. That's not a hot take. <laughs> yeah. So so I, I I could see Debo Samuel be used heavily, but it just really comes to to what the looks are. And I think that's kind of the fun thing about this offense is, yeah, man, Kittle didn't do much last week, and, and Ayuk didn't have his biggest game. He had three receptions for 60 yards. Maybe this week it's flipped where, where Kittle and Ayuk have the big game and Samuel mm-hmm. and McCaffrey, and I think that's the beauty of this offense because it can – I mean, if you even want to throw Juwan Jennings in there as well, right, there, there's five players. Two of them are at least are going to cook you, which is which two. Right. And that's the scary thing about this offense. So I I could see Debo Samuel being a focal point because he always seems to find a way because he always has that one 60 yard reception or 50 yard run where where he he really skews his yards per attempt or his yards per reception. Yeah. I I think, I think in terms of the run game, I think McCaffrey is going to be the one who's heaviest and Debo's going to be the relief guy, which is, I think, the biggest reason they acquired McCaffrey. Uh, but yeah, I'm just officially giving up on predicting who's going to get the most touches in this offense. Because I'll because I'll I'll say I'll say yeah, Debo Samuel, he's going to get 20 touches, no problem. And then this will be the week where Kyle Shanahan's like, nope, we haven't used Danny Gray all season specifically yeah. for the Cowboys in the divisional <laughs> round. So we'll see what it looks like. I, I'm not going to make any uh, grandstanding predictions out of that. I appreciate the uh, the, the thought of hey, maybe Debo will be his game, but yeah, we're going to find the- out Sunday. If the only thing that uh, that I can't predict is what is who is going to be the one to break out, it's a great problem to have. Yeah, <laughs> like, a, and, I mean, there's just so many weapons on this team, and that is the beauty. Is that and that was another thing that I took away when watching the uh, QB school uh, today was was that there's guys open like all over the field and the defense it's really hard now granted seattle is not is not a textbook defense to watch like uh, but but what i would say is that he they're the way that they run plays the same play out of different formations and and then different plays out of the same formation it's it just got to be maddening for uh for for defenses and to keep the keep the discipline keep their eyes on the same on where they're supposed to be and of course Debo's over here man they've got to be going to Debo on this <laughs> like uh that but wait a minute Ayuk is right over here and then I got Kittle on a on a uh on a sluggo like I can't what what uh like who do I cover in in yeah. all these it's just too much it's too and, and much not, not to make it a basketball reference but like this offense is operating with four Stephen curries right yes yeah. they all demand space they all demand attention um but at any given point it, it honestly doesn't matter what you do Stephen curry could go off for 45 at any point you have to pay attention to McCaffrey. you have to pay attention to samuel you have to pay attention to iu can kittle and if you have to pay attention to four people at one time, somebody's not getting paid attention to. And odds are it's one of those four, and all of them can go off for big games at any point. So, I mean, ah, oh, this offense is so scary, man. And, and, it's and the fact it's that so it's much so, fun. 
it, it, and the fact that like it took uh, the last pick in the draft to make it feel like it's been tied all together it's, just, it's this is such a stupid season man what a dumb season yeah. the Niners have had and and the fact that they're still here is it's just it's unbelievable yeah it, it is it is really crazy because it's like you can't even dunk on the people that you told that that the Niners were going to have a good season because you said it was going to be with Lance. <laughs> and then, and then, and then exactly. Jimmy, Jimmy comes in and like, Oh, but Jimmy's still winning. So you're just and, like, but, but, but not even... only is Jimmy winning, but he's winning as the best version of himself. Yes. Jimmy had his best season as a Niner. Yeah. It, it, and I mean, he's playing well. And then he goes down and you're like, Oh, well, it's gotta be over now. Like, you know, Pur- Purdy like is not ready. And, and then Purdy comes in and who would have thought, who would have thought that – and it makes me wonder. It makes me wonder that if the 49ers had this, these weapons, these weapons, what would Nick Mullins have been with these, we- <laughs> with these weapons? Oh, see, it's a that's stupid- not where my brain goes to because my brain goes to this <laughs> offseason and yeah. some names that might be available that the Niners may or may not be interested in and thinking oh. what those names could look like. But we, as I said, this isn't a conversation for today. It's just, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's really like uh, it, it. It's unbelievable because Christian McCaffrey, the second he came into the league, and the Niners, you know, Shanahan takes over as head coach. It was always the like. I, I wonder what Christian McCaffrey would look like in this offense. Yeah. And now that we've seen it, like now it's like okay, it's let's just start plugging. Let's start. What does Lamar Jackson look like in this yeah. offense? Find out, right? Like oh it's my like God, Madden. Yeah. It's like it's like you're on you're just working like you're on your fifth season of Madden franchise on rookie level. And <laughs> and you've yeah. got all these players on these these just playmakers on your squad and you're just blowing teams out and it, that's the way it looks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Absolutely. it's crazy. But let's get into the defense. Defense mm-hmm. uh we're like uh we're coming up uh, towards the end but defense c- comparison who who else on this step? Well, we, we mentioned is we mentioned Armstrong earlier uh, about, uh, but who else other than Micah Parsons should the 49ers fear? And we talked about Armstrong a little. Is he? Because honestly, I haven't watched. I'm in, I'm in the middle of watching some Cowboy games just to get an idea of what he is because I see that he's next to Parsons. He's like the next in line for sacks, but I don't know what he is as far as running. Running the like against the run, and I don't know if uh, any of them are good at the run particularly yeah. well because they, they they're not very good against the run. <laughs> but yeah, like, but in terms in terms of the pass rushing, I, I I think it's the depth that really scares me because Mika Parsons can kill yeah. you, but even if you go past Dorrance Armstrong, you have Demarcus Lawrence with with six sacks, you have Dante Fowler with six sacks. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of depth and they have a lot. Like Dante Fowler, uh, Dante Fowler being your Fourth former pass rusher, yeah, former Rams, Rams, uh, former Ram, former Jaguar. Like, like the fact that Dante Fowler is your fourth is is unbelievable. And in terms of name value, that's I mean, Mika Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Dante Fowler, name value is absolutely there. Mm. Obviously, name value for guys like Charles Amenihu and Samson Ebukam aren't as sexy because they're not yeah. as well known, but they're just as good as well, right? So yeah. I, I think it's kind of like the Niners pass rush. I think the depth is what concerns me the most. Mika Parsons is a name you got to be afraid of, but it's kind of like the Niners defensive line. you got to pay attention to Nick Bosa. Don't let anybody else beat you. 
you got to pay attention to Mika Parsons. Don't let anybody else beat you. So I, I really think like not to just take your answer and make or take your question and make it an easy answer of all of them, but the depth is, is really, I don't think there's a specific one that scares me the most. The depth is absolutely there. And I think that's the scariest part about this pass rush. Yeah, I, I agree. It's the depth. It's the same strength that the 49ers have like to a, to a, to a different degree. I think it's interesting that Drake Jackson is kind of, uh, flashed all season long. He can't even get on the field. No. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, I think that T.Y. McGill <laughs> came in and like off the scrap heap and has looked good. Every person that they put, Chris Kasurik, I mean, we love him. give the give the man a, 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 a big guy and he's going to turn him into a defensive lineman. Like it is, and he's going to be serviceable. He's going to be able to to do something, but with them getting Kevin Givens back with them, getting all these guys back, Javon Kinlaw and all these and Eric Armstead coming in down the stretch of this season. I think it's just, it's just huge for their, for their depth and going into this playoff. Um, But like most of the questions that I have for the defense, I like uh, we've already talked about, but I do want, I do want to, so I'm going to throw you a curveball. Who, which of these defenses has the most has the most turnovers in this game? Oh, I, I I'm I'd be more prone. It's not necessarily because of the defense is. I, I would say the Cowboys or the Niners force more turnovers, just because of who's on the other side of the ball. Dak Prescott's really struggled. We mentioned the turnovers. Brock Purdy just doesn't turn the ball over, and, and I think yeah. that's where the difference is. Is who's safer with the ball? It's not necessarily. Like I, I love this question and, and it is a great one, but I, I think I'm looking at it at the other way is who's safer with the ball. Yeah. And I, I think the Niners are safer with the ball. So I think that's going to turn this into a Cowboys probably force less turnovers than the Niners defense. Uh, it's a, wow. That's a, that, that's a good question. I, I, this is what I love about this stuff, right? Because everybody yeah. has different perspectives. I hadn't even thought yeah. about the turnover battle like that, but yeah, no, I, I definitely think in terms of, what the offenses are, I think the Cowboys are, are way more prone to, uh, to turn the ball over than the Niners' offense. For sure, and I, I, I completely agree with you. And the more we're, you're talking about it, it makes me think of the whole Purdy and Dak aspect. And Purdy is almost the anti-Dak. Like uh, the more I think about it, just because he's cool calm collected the pressure doesn't seem to really get to him because he's not supposed to be here (laughs) and he's not supposed to be there's nobody pushing him to be the next big thing uh they everybody's just waiting for him to fall so he's playing with house money every time he goes out and it's got to infuriate some of these it's gonna it's got to infuriate i think that's gonna put even more pressure on Dak, like uh because this seventh round rookie uh, could it has the potential to outplay him in in yes. a division round playoff game? I think it, that is a fascinating, uh, like uh, way to look the uh, way to look at this game, and it's mm-hmm. it's gonna be oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be so many storylines. There's so many storylines, so and uh, the NFL just never never disappoints as far as that goes. But can, can I throw out, can I throw out a couple Mika Parsons numbers just really quick for sure? For sure, I think they're very important. Uh, Mika Parsons on the season, he took 516 snaps as the right outside linebacker in the Cowboys defense, 278 as the left outside linebacker. So if, if you flip it 
right outside faces the left tackle, so it'd be Trent yeah. Williams more often than not. They're not going to do. Yeah, they're not going to do that. Since week fourteen, the the splits have been even wider than that. He's played two hundred sixty two snaps at right outside linebacker, fifty five at left outside. So he's been strictly on the right side of the defense. Mm. I would imagine they flip that because I yes. don't know if you want Mika Parsons, but I don't know because they've been grossly consistent with it. 18 snaps at left outside linebacker against the Buccaneers. That was his most since week 13. And before that, it was his most since week seven. He has played very few snaps at the left outside linebacker spot. I'm, I don't know. I don't know if this is the time to flip him back because they seem to make him very natural with that right outside linebacker spot. I don't know if this is the time to flip it. I know the matchup's very friendly on the other side. I'm interested to see how they align Mika Parsons on Sunday. I think that's the thing I'm most intrigued to see what the Cowboys do on Sunday. I, I just don't think they have a choice. I don't think I don't they think have so a choice. Either. Like, I don't because think they do you don't either, want right? him, you don't want to negate your talent by go, putting yes. him up against, uh, against Trent Williams. Like uh, it's and granted, he's probably going to get some wins here and there, but mm-hmm. you want consistent pressure. And uh, McGlinchey, while McGlinchey has been playing well the last couple of games, I still would take that matchup over. And mm-hmm. I think that they're going to do what they did against the Bucks too. You saw them line him up in the middle a couple of times. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, I think they're going to move him all over the place. And, yeah. but I think that I do think that they're going to try and keep him against McGlinchey. It just doesn't make any sense to put him against Trent Williams. Like uh, Trent Williams is just going to ragdoll him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it definitely doesn't. But I, I just, I think that could, like, my, my thought is, it's just he's been on the right side so much more in recent weeks. Yeah. I think it would be an interesting change to have in this circumstance. So I'm curious to see what it looks like. I think common sense tells you, yeah, I think they're going to rather him face McGlinchey than Williams. I, I just, I'm curious to see what ends up happening. Yeah. Me too. Like, uh, I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. And honestly, if they did that, I mean, please, please do keep like keep him keep him going against Trent Williams all game. Like that's that plays into the 49ers uh, hands. So I mean, yeah, I'm I'm all about that that matchup. And yeah, Mike Mike Parsons, like I said, he's gonna win here here and there. It's gonna happen, uh, no matter who he's going against. But yeah, I I that like uh, I would if I'm the defensive coordinator, like uh, some, I'm throwing a sacrificial lamb on Trent, Trent Williams side and uh, just like, Hey, do your best, man. Well, well the <laughs> like, thing is, is their, their sacrificial lambs are Dorrance Armstrong to Marcus Lawrence and then Dante Fowler. So like, like, that's not too bad to go off of. True. Exactly. Like, uh, so yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll be really interesting. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of things that these coaches are pulling out of their bags, like that we haven't seen uh, because you know, that's what the playoffs is. Uh, they the coaches make it all about the matchups and and you see a lot of guys sometimes it's uh sometimes it's a good thing sometimes it's a detriment because they go away from what's actually them and and they'll be quick if they do go away and put him on the the right side or the uh the left side am i right yeah left side and uh and he doesn't have a good game like uh it they'll be saying well they should have just kept him at the right side yeah, exactly. Like, why did they do I, that? I, 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 get, I get confused all the time at that, that the right faces the left and the left yeah. face. I, trust me, I get confused on that all the time. So don't worry about that. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but score prediction, score prediction. Oof. What do you, what do you, uh, it's kind of an early, uh, this early in the week, it's kind of early to be, uh, because we got to hear about all the injuries. I know that they have an injury to their, their safe, their safety uh, curse. Curse, yeah. And I, I, uh, I know that's one of them. That's a big one. And then I know a couple of their offensive linemen were kind of dinged up. So, but as of right now, what do you think the, uh, your score prediction is going to be for this, this game? I'm going to lean probably a 49ers one possession win, uh, like 27 to 20. Because I think Dallas will be able to move the ball on this defense. I I think the Niners defense has shown they can get not scored on a lot, but I I think 20 points is the most this defense is capable of allowing at this point. I know they allowed Mm -hmm. 23 against the Seahawks, but Janoris Jenkins was on the field. Second stringers were all on the field when that last score came in. So so that's 17 points on the, the Niners actual defense. Exactly. I, so I, I'm a key 27 to 20. I'll probably change that here and there, but I think the, uh, the one possession game, I think that's the likeliest scenario out of this. Yeah. I I've got it 30 to, um, I'm going to go 30, <laughs> 20. I'm going to go also 30, 20. Like, uh, just, uh, that 20 is the magic number to me. I just feel like that's the limit that this defense is going to give up. But I think that it is going to be with those weapons. I think CeeDee Lamb is going to get something because they're going to move him all over the place and they're going to put him in the slot. They're going to do it uh, because he almost used to, they almost used to have to predominantly put him in the slot uh, in years past. Uh, So I think that they're going to kind of go back to that and try to move him away from Mooney Ward. Uh, I think that they're going to get at least one fluke touchdown uh, because that seems to be the norm at this point. So, uh, so yeah, I'm going to go 30, 30, 20, 20, 31, Yeah. I think odds are too. CD lamb's going to have a better game than is a one reception for 21 yards last. Yeah. Year. yeah. I'm also Jeez. very confused. At, I'm looking at football references. That is way off topic. He had one reception for 21 yards against the Niners, but his longest reception was 10. How does that make mm. sense? I'm very confused how that makes sense. Okay, could, I'm not going to argue it. Could okay, football, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> could I mean, football I, whatever. I don't know how that like, works if you have 21 yards on one reception. How's as long? Football as reference sometimes is is kind of confusing the way that the way that they compile their statistics because it seems like their uh, their rankings are always a little bit different than everybody else's. <laughs> I I don't know why that is. It's definitely different I, than PFFs. Yeah. I, I love PFR for like basic stats and like their exactly. To search. That's how I am. Yeah, their their advanced stats. I'm a little hit or miss on. I'm gonna see if I can. I now I'm. The, the, you're watching how easily I go into a rabbit hole in my brain because now I'm going <laughs> to ESPN's box score and seeing if they have the same because that just doesn't make sense in my brain. Yeah, uh, it's... let's see here. CD Lamb one reception for 21 yards as long was 11. I don't know how that. I'm gonna look and I'm gonna watch this game now. Because like I'm yeah, very that's... confused how this works. <laughs> I mean, are they talking about like yards after the catch? Maybe no, it's just his long reception. I'm very confused by that. We're solving this now. I'm I'm, I'm literally opening that's, the play by play. That's for the Cowboys. just weird. But yeah, I, like uh, yeah, that is weird. Now I'm gonna have to look it up after the show. Oh, yeah, but... I, I I totally ended this on a totally tangent, but uh, for sure. Interesting. But. Hey, I really appreciate you coming on, Andrew. It was a great show. Like I had a great time talking uh, about this matchup. It is great to have a a fellow uh, football. Like I mean, you you seem to go down similar rabbit holes that I go down. I think of oh, something yeah. and then I just start unraveling 
the the yarn the yarn ball and it's just uh and it'll take i'll be on it for like the same thing for like hours but but uh why don't you tell everybody one more time what where they can get your stuff and where they can find you on the socials yeah you can find me at pasquini andrew on twitter you can find the sprint ride option podcast anywhere you get your podcast you can go to jason aponte's youtube channel uh and find that as well and i think i solved the mystery uh he had a reception for 10 yards you ready for this uh-huh. and then there was the play i don't remember this play but uh first and 10 down six at the end of the game prescott completed a pass to wilson who lateraled it to lamb for oh 11 yards so that counts as receiving yards but it doesn't count as a reception so there you go we solved the cd lamb mystery wow there you go so <laughs> so everybody's right <laughs> like yes. even though it looked like it looked like it was going to be an error everybody's still right everybody like, uh, was but... right i was very confused how that even worked but we figured it out but now next time you see something like that you'll know right after, you'll know. i bet you i bet you it was a lateral <laughs> uh, that's weird that's such that's so weird I, I saw that wow okay appreciate it but no anyways yeah you can find me on twitter pasquini andrew uh and as i said uh, jason aponte's youtube channel is where we stream live wherever you get your podcast for right option podcast apple spotify we're on amazon all that fun stuff you can find us there yeah like in uh man their their stuff is so good you gotta you gotta check them out great chemistry between the two of you great show it's always a good show and uh, but that. one more time, I get you can find my show on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Peter Lucas Eight. The uh, you can also find the show anywhere where you can get your audio podcasts. So even if you don't want to look at the at my beard, like uh, just please go in and listen to it on the audio version, and and make sure that you hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, make sure you get the bells for that because you never know who I'm gonna have. Next week, I'm going to I'm going to keep begging people and bugging people <laughs> to get the best uh, content that I can for you guys. And but uh, like I said, appreciate you coming on, Andrew. And Always. we're going to end this uh, like, hey, everybody enjoy this game. This is going to be a great game. It's going to be a great game. Make sure you turn tune in. Make sure you enjoy the game. Root on your team to lose your voice i can't lose my voice but you lose your voice and uh but once again we're gonna leave it off with a go niners go niners we love it